Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I'm Guy Lewis and we're joined today by Anna Maxwell from C2 Safety. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Guy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. So what's been on the mind of some of your businesses this week? I've been trying to explain to some of my businesses about what responsibilities they have as a business uh, with regard to health and safety. Um, a lot of people think that health and safety is just something that kind of exists in the background, doesn't need much thought, it doesn't need much effort, mm-hmm. especially if they're in a low risk um, business and, and what they're doing isn't sort of construction because that's everybody's immediate uh, interpretation of health and safety. So, so where did health and safety start? Where did, where did, it, where did it all begin? Back in the industrial era of, of, of Britain, 1938, mm-hmm. um, down in the mines, a miner got crushed by a piece of plant um, and they tried to make a case to say it wasn't their fault. The, the, the plant owner said it wasn't our problem. Mm-hmm. The, the, the family of the worker said it wasn't his problem, wasn't his accident. Um, and eventually the government stopped, stepped in and created some legislation, which meant the employers had a duty to keep their employees safe. Anybody that they're responsible for must be kept safe. If you go to work in the morning, you expect to be able to come home safely and in one piece at the end of the day. So, so what are all these duties? What, 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 what are they? They're quite simple and they are all listed um, under the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, which is the overarching legislation regarding health and safety. But then it's broken down into lots of different regulations underneath Mm -hmm. it. But the basic principle is that an employer is responsible for any person that is involved in their company or their business or their organisation or the work that they do. They must be kept safe. Mm -hmm. So we have... A duty to give a safe place of work in place including safe access and egress. Mm-hmm. So they need to be able to come onto site or leave the premises or be able to get to the site of work within that premises. So if you're in a factory, it might be that they can get from the car park to the to the workplace or from the welfare, the changing rooms to a production line. Mm-hmm. If they're in a shop, it might be that actually it's as simple as going through the front door, through the shop, into the back area, um, being able to put down their stuff, turn around and come back to work in the shop front. And mm-hmm. in an office, it's you might be in a multi-occupation um, building where there are several companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's making sure that all of those companies are acting together to make sure that hallways and elevators and stairs and doorways it's a, a safe and so it's as simple as that in terms of access and egress okay um then we're looking for safe equipment so anything that you provide uh for your employees to work mm-hmm. um be it machinery be it um a till where the till draws a bit dicky and it might spin out and hit you on the head um a bit like own all hours take your I fingers just, off yeah, I see him more cocktail when he, you know, oh, okay. when he presses when he presses the button and it, it spins out and hits him in the head. But uh, yeah, so the the work equipment that you provide mm-hmm. must be safe, must be serviceable, must be fit for use. You've got to inspect it. You've got to, you know, if it requires inspection. And there are specific regulations regarding that, any provision of use of work equipment regulations, for example. Mm-hmm. So everything is sort of specified, but it's it's generalised that you have to have a safe place of work. Okay. And that's that's the safe equipment. Um, the other thing that you have to have is safe systems of work. So that is how you use the equipment. That is training of your employees. That is competent employees. So if they need to have a qualification or they've got to do a training course, then they go and do that. Um, if there isn't a specific training course for that, then you have a safe process in place that you mm-hmm. as the employer have gone, okay, we need to do A, B and C in order to work safely. And 
alongside that comes adequate supervision um, of those workers. So you have people checking that standards of work are correct, that people are wearing the right equipment, that people are mm -hmm. able to work safely because the correct guards are in place on the machines. Um, and I'm, sort of, I'm starting to go down the line of, I'm not just talking about manufacturing and production because um, that's what it sounds like, but just you have a safe process of work mm -hmm. that you know when you are getting boxes out of the sh off shelves in the back of the, of the office or in the shop to, or to restock that your employees have got manual handling training, for example, okay. and that they are aware of limitations of their capability mm -hmm. for lifting boxes that, you know, why do we not store things above head height? Mm -hmm. we, why do we store things on rails? Why do we not have piles of clothes? It's, it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not, we're not necessarily into the real technical stuff. Um, and also we have a responsibility to make sure that, Everyone is trained and everyone is aware of safe systems of work because we can train up one employee who can work really safely. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's also everybody else around them. They need to be able to work safely. They need to be able to keep themselves safe and keep other people safe. And so we don't want people affected by anything that as a business you do, but also as employees because they have a responsibility under the Health and Safety at Work Act as well. It's not all just the employer. Okay, so the, so, the, so the business has got this duty of care yes. to make sure you can get in and out of work safe, the safe equipment, that you've got proper training, that actually if you can't get training on a process because you, you're quite unique, develop your own, but make sure, and then make sure everyone's working around is competent as well. Okay, C can you delegate these sort of duties of care? So you can, you can never delegate the liability. Okay. As, as the director of a company, for example, you are always ultimately responsible for the health and safety um, of the people in your organization or affected by your organization. Now, you can delegate the duties to ensure that happens. Mm -hmm. So if you've got line managers, they're providing the the the, uh, the overwatch and the supervision of the competencies. You could have a training manager who is responsible for ensuring that everybody's trained. You've got somebody who's responsible for doing inductions mm -hmm. and workplace inductions cover training. Um so you can delegate those and you can delegate for somebody who must be responsible to make sure that we meet the Health and Safety at Work Act and the various regulations within it. But ultimately, the director or the proprietor or the owner mm -hmm. is the person who must make it happen. Wow. That's very, so it's very important that you know about these things. Yes. Because it goes right to the top. Yeah. And it's not just like the director of a limited company. I mean, sole traders can be affected because they can do something which impacts the health and safety of others. So let's go back to a, a small shop mm -hmm. uh, where it is a, maybe a, a one-person band um, and they the layout of their shop creates trip hazards. Somebody comes into their shop and falls over because they've left too narrow a gap and mm -hmm. they've tripped over a box of sale items on the floor, for example, um, and somebody falls over and bangs their head on a rail. Uh, the responsibility for that lies with the sole trader. That sole trader is the person who is responsible within the company mm -hmm. and action would be or could be taken against that person. Um, and the reasons that we have these duties that we must comply is to avoid incidents, but also people can claim against them. You know, there is civil and criminal prosecution um, routes in the event of injuries or breaches of health and safety or failings of health and safety. And mm -hmm. that is 
it's important that your sole traders, your partners and the directors and boards of trustees, and they can all be held responsible. So HSE can prosecute a company, mm -hmm. but they can also prosecute individuals within that company where they have fallen short okay. of the duty of care and the requirements. Okay. And, and are there other reasons why we need to manage health and safety? Well, there's, yes, um, there, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons. I could talk all day um, about it, but there's a moral, re a moral duty. As people, we don't want to hurt people. We, we shouldn't hurt people. Um, and so we have that moral duty to make sure that people come to work, they have a safe environment, and they can go home to their family at the end of the day. We have a legal duty because the statutory regulations are such we must abide by the law. We must meet the requirements of the Health and Safety at Work Act. Um, but there's also a financial duty. Um, well, not a financial duty, a financial reason. Mm -hmm. Health and safety, it's much, it's much cheaper to put in the prevention rather than the cure, as okay. they say, isn't it? Um, so if you have an accident, you are looking at time off for investigating an accident, time off of the individual that's had the accident. Um, the cost of perhaps bringing in a company to investigate the accident, bringing in a company to remedy mm -hmm. uh, the issue. Um, but also if you get prosecuted by the health and safety executive or any other enforcing agency, so local authorities, the food and standards, hygiene, environmental health, all of those sorts of things, lots of people can prosecute you as a business. Mm -hmm. um, they... They will charge. They will. Uh, yeah, health exempt. HSE have got a fee for intervention, okay. um, which is their fee for telling you you've broken the law, and no, nobody wants that. And then there's the fines at the end of it. Plus, there's criminal court cases. Mm -hmm. There's legal costs, and then there is the fine potentially at the end of it, which is can be based on your turnover as a company, mm -hmm. um, which can be quite a terrifying uh, amount of money. Um, so almost spending the time early on getting the process, yeah. actually implementing the right uh, policies, that, that, that's a whole lot final burden can disappear. It's just it's it's yeah. it's it spend small amounts of money up front, and actually yeah. it could save you a lot more in the long term. And have a positive safety culture, okay. and that positive safety culture is it it really helps to meet all of the requirements of the health and safety at work. Your duties as an employer, mm -hmm. your duty of care keeps your employees engaged and aware of their part in your company mm -hmm. remaining legal in terms of health and safety. My name is Guy Lewis and you're with myself and Anna Maxwell discussing business, health and safety responsibilities. Uh, I just want to know what, what are my responses as an employer and does it change with the size of company? Every company must have um, an awareness of health and safety. They okay. must have a system in place. So every company. Every company okay. must have a, a health and safety policy statement, mm -hmm. which basically says, I am going to abide by the, the rules and regulations that are required by law. So, mm -hmm. um, however, once they get to five employees or more, and when mm -hmm. I say employees, that can include casual staff, part-time staff, people on zero hours, volunteers, directors, non-executive directors, silent partners, anybody who is involved involved in the the organization and structure of that company. So once you've got five or more, you have to have a written down policy. Okay. That policy must include 
Arrangements for the safe systems of work mm -hmm. must include the hierarchy and the responsibilities of the people within that hierarchy from everything from your um, your shop floor workers all the way up to your directors. Anybody who's got a role must, must be aware of their responsibilities, so we write them in the policy. We've got to have risk assessments for the core tasks that you do um, and... Uh, COSH, so controller substances hazardous to health, we must identify them. That all forms part of the policy. Okay. And there's the policy statement. So the policy statement needs to be signed by a director or the owner of the company. Um, that needs to be renewed annually. Mm -hmm. um, and it needs to be displayed in the workplace. Okay. Because a couple of mandatory documents to display in the workplace is the health and safety at work poster, mm -hmm. um, the... Uh, health and safety policy for the company and you should be displaying your public liability and employer liability insurance certificates or you know any liability insurance certificates that apply and they should be in a place in the workplace where everybody can see them if they come in to it mm -hmm. so you'll notice if you go to the doctor's surgery that they will be up on a notice board somewhere if you go to a vet or if you go to the hairdressers they will be there they may be they may be slightly more discreet they won't be totally in your face but mm -hmm. they are there okay and that shows people coming into the business that that business takes health and safety seriously. Okay. And I guess if you're small, if you haven't got five, five people in your five employees in your business, I guess it's, it's still a good, a good idea to actually have a policy. You, well, so you've got to have the policy statement. Okay. The other thing that you have to do as a business is have risk assessments. Okay. Now, your employees, you, you must make your employees aware of the risk that they face um, when they are in the workplace, but also for your uh, visitors and members of your public, they need to have access to information about any risks okay. that may compromise their safety. So if you're going to have risk assessments, you've got to have them, you might as well have them written up and you've got to make sure that they're communicated to your staff. So health and safety policy, little part of a handbook, workplace inductions, that's where we start to introduce the risk assessments to your employees. Um, significant risks, need you need to make sure that they're identified and that they're signed. Um, so obviously if you've got an uneven step or, you know, there's there's something weird about your workplace or there is moving vehicles or, um, you, you know, there's, there's people working above you, put a sign up and that mm -hmm. is in advising people of the risk. But um, we'll talk about risks further down the line. Um, but it's it's that communication of the information to individuals to keep a workplace safe. So having looked at the business's responsibilities, does the employee have any? Yes, that's a good question because people assume it's just the company that's liable, but employees have got a part to play in it as well. So they have a duty of care to take care of their own health and safety and also that of others um, who might be affected by their actions. So it's a bit of common mm -hmm. sense that... If you, as an employee, lay a tool down next to you, but somebody else is walking past and they trip up over it, yeah, yeah. actually, it's your responsibility as employee. That to... word, common sense. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so and what, what, what other sorts of things does that cover that the employee's responsibility for? Um, they have a responsibility to follow any training that they've received. So if they've been told how to do something, they don't need to know the reasons as to why they've got to do it that way, but that is the safe system of work. They mm -hmm. therefore have to do it. Okay. If they don't do that, they're contravene you know they're facing disciplinary action potentially um but also endangering themselves and others mm -hmm. by not doing what they've been told um they've got to use any equipment that they've been provided for health and safety they also have a duty to not tamper change or damage that equipment okay. so horseplay you know 
throwing throwing hard hats around or um, whatever it might be. It's just, yeah, they've got to take care of the kit and equipment that's been given to them by the employer and they have to wear it. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people, they find it uncomfortable and there are reasons as to why they find it uncomfortable. And the employer has a duty to provide equipment that is suitable, not just for the job, but for the person as mm-hmm. well. So if you have a medical issue, they have to take that into consideration. Um, so be it ear protectors or eye protection or clothing, footwear, all of those sorts of things. And there is so much PPE available nowadays that we can normally find something that that suits most people. But that's an agreement between the employee and the employer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the employee does have a duty to wear it. Okay. Um, they also have a duty to speak up and to, if they see an issue that they report it, Okay. the employer has a duty to listen to that employee and take it seriously, investigate what has been mentioned. It's got to be an open door policy um, about mm. health and safety. Okay. It goes both ways. There may be something that the management don't see, um, but actually the, the employees and people who are actually performing the processes identify a shortcoming or something that puts them at risk. They have a duty to, to speak up as well. Um, and they shouldn't be scared to do so. And line managers, we would hope, would be receptive to um, anybody voicing concerns about health and safety, be it of, of others or their own safety. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that is their the health and well-being of individual employees. If you are being asked to stand at a desk to, to pack something, for example, and it is causing you um, pain, then you need to mention it okay. um, and the the employer then their duty kicks in to make sure that you can do your job correctly. Okay, so so basically follow the training that you've got, uh, cooperate with the employee's health and safety. If you've got PPE, wear it, use it. Yep. And if you see something that's wrong, speak up and, and, and say something about it. Or if something's yes. affecting your performance, speak up about it and then, then it, it should get solved rather than it be an excuse after the fact. Completely, completely. And the other thing that needs to be mentioned is that if you are, if you have PPE and it is broken, that you don't wear it, but you don't perform the task without it. So you mm-hmm. have to report it and go and get new PPE, replacement PPE. You have to be aware of your own safety. You know what you should be doing. That's why we have workplace inductions. That's why we have training. That's why we have ongoing health and safety awareness training. Okay, uh, I'll just, just move on. You actually mentioned something about insurance, and we've covered some of this actually on a previous podcast uh, about the difference. But but you mentioned you know, get insured. Yes, completely. The 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 insurance is that they always look for a reason not to mm-hmm. cover you, and one of those is if you don't meet the regulations, if you don't have safe systems in place, if you don't have a policy in place, if you don't show that you are training and providing information in order to keep people safe. Um, they're going to be less inclined to pay out in the event that you have a liability. So do read the small print. And insurance brokers and insurance companies sometimes have better premiums if you Mm -hmm. can show that you have a competent person involved, that you have qualifications, that you do keep records. Okay. So as a a business, you know, um, appoint a competent person to be in charge for health and safety. That yeah. can be somebody internally. You can send them on training courses. So IOSH do, um, which is the Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. They do good workplace courses for mm-hmm. managers um, and directors as well, which go through the, the requirements. Um, or you can have a third party, uh, like a health and safety consultancy. Yeah. They're not expensive and they will provide tailored, pragmatic uh, solutions. They'll look at your business and go, well, you need A, B, and C, as opposed to you thinking, oh, I need X, Y, and Z. 
But all information about health and safety is available online at the HSE website. It takes time to go through it. So having a competent person will be able to understand and direct you to what you need to do as a business. You need to make sure you've got the right workplace facilities. You've got welfare, so toilets, mm-hmm. ability to wash hands, especially in with what we've gone through for the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that they need somewhere to be able to rest, to sit down, that's dedicated, not necessarily at their workplace. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you've got first aid that mm-hmm. is appropriate to what you do, that you've got uh, eye wash stations, that you've got burns plasters if you're working in a hot works environment. Um, but also you've got trained personnel or people who know what to do in the event of an emergency. Okay. Um, and you also need to have an understanding of some of the regulations that apply to you as a business. Okay. And that's the key one because you can't just say, I didn't know. You, Our law, the UK government require you to know the basic rules that apply to the business that you do. And that includes the health and safety regulations. So a competent p- person, the right workplace, someone around first aid who knows the responsibilities, but then the other bit is know the law, know, the, know our health and safety uh, is applied to your business. And then for the business itself, one of the key things is to identify or know how to identify the risks of what you do, because that's got the implications on the training, the PPE, the law. And so you do need to determine your risks. Great. Thanks for the session today. Uh, hopefully we shall meet again in, in a couple of weeks' time and, uh, and carry on this conversation. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favourite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.